0: Don't forget if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a 1-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1500 first bet offer on your first wager.
1: The Athletic.
2: It's straight out of Cobham, a show about Chelsea from The Athletic. Today, Chelsea crush Chesterfield in the FA Cup. The second leg of the Spurs semi looms large, and we round up the rest of the Blues news. Available for free wherever you get your podcasts and ad-free on the Athletic. This is straight out of Cobham. Hello, listener. We're back for another week. Then it's me, Matt Davis Adams, alongside two of the Athletics' finest, Liam Toomey.
3: Hello. How many references are you going to get to Lewis Graben in this podcast, man?
2: Ah, smash and grabbin, Yes, lovely. Although I don't really like that because that implies that, that Forrest didn't dominate Arsenal, which they didn't, but I, I'd like to think so. Anyway, as much as everybody enjoys me talking about Forrest slash Arsenal defeats, uh, Simon Johnson's with us too.
4: Hi, Simon. I'm delighted that Nottingham Forest won. That's where I went to university and <laughs> the first game I ever attended in any shape or form as a journalist. As I did it for Student Radio Nottingham Forest v Chelsea though So there is a Chelsea link but That was back in 1994 There you go Just to show how old I am Again. Can you remember the score? Yes, 1-0, John Spencer Ah, excellent I remember
3: uh, my 5 year old self was very impressed
4: <laughs> <laughs> With the it, quality Lee. of the copy yeah. I was just <laughs> saying I'm, I'm, It shows how old I am And then you throw that into the, <laughs> the <face>. Oh dear <laughs> Uh, Let's move on swiftly then. First on our agenda today, (laughs) Saturday's
2: third
1: round cruise. Ziyech against Loach. Got a glove to it. The pace and the power took it home. The ball drilled into the back of the net by hacking Ziyech. Chelsea 5, Chesterfield 0.
2: Never perfect but very professional and uh, throughout the complete first half and in the beginning of the second half until 5-0. In general everything is fine because we approached the match very seriously and decided it very early. Oh, it's a dream come true really, uh, something I've worked towards since I was a kid uh, growing up through the academy and uh, finally got my opportunity today so just got to thank everyone, my family. Um, and then the manager, obviously, and um, the fans were making me feel welcome and um, like, kind of killing the nerves a little bit. Uh, Chelsea 5, Chesterfield 1 then. The standard breeze through to round four for the Blues as they made light work of the National League leaders scoring four times without reply in the first half. Uh, Liam, you were back on duty. How was it being back at the match?
3: Yeah, it was it was just nice to be out, Matt, to be <laughs> honest. Um, you know, just to get out and be around humans. Um, no, it was really it was nice to be back at Stamford Bridge. Um, there was a good atmosphere, kind of typical FA Cup third round atmosphere. You know, you get a few more families in the stands. Um, and uh well, and a, a, a few <laughs> a few kids that subsequently made it onto the pitch after the final whistle, which appears to be becoming a bit of a running theme at Chelsea these days. Um, not as many kids in the team as maybe some, some people wanted, but, uh, we, we got a look at Lewis Hall at least who did well. I'm sure we'll talk more about him, but, and and he ended up being the subject of my match piece, match piece that took me longer than normal to write. I, I, I definitely had some rust, but, um, kind of got there in the end on, on Saturday evening. Uh,
2: lots of nice cliches ticked for me. Saw somebody with a, a tinfoil FA Cup making their way into the away end. Um, saw somebody so drunk outside the ground that they hadn't actually made it into the game. Uh, classic away fare stuff that on, on FA Cup third round day, I always think. Uh, Simon, you're pulling a face. Have you never seen that? You've never done that?
4: No, I'm I'm far too professional. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we'll get to Lewis Hall
2: shortly, but but in terms of the the team that was picked, Simon, I see that Manny Oyaricque, the the Chesterfield players, has, has said to the Athletic today that, that they just laughed when they saw the Chelsea team <laughs> because it was so strong. It was it, it, sort of surprising, but but there again, the bench was was pretty loaded as well, and and that was kind of the the first team that was available to, to Thomas Tuchel, wasn't it? He obviously wanted to rest people like Aspillagueta. And Rudiger and Mount, who played so much football,
4: yeah. Um, I mean, Tuchel did drop a bit, bit of a clue on the Friday when when he was sort of basically asked, "Oh, you, you through already, aren't you?" Uh, and he, he sort of went, "Oh, I'm not not that arrogant." I think was along the lines of saying, "And and you know, we we have a lot of respect. Um, we're going to have a lot of respect for Cheshire. I, I I thought that was taking respect a bit too far. <laughs> It, it, when I first saw the team I went wow he, he, he really did mean what he said because um, that was an extraordinary team but it made a lot of sense because it was a case of one get the game won nice and early so you, you can make lots of changes including bringing lights of veil vale on um, so you can get a run out um, two giving minutes to players that, that, that need it and I include Lukaku in that Three, sort of giving the likes of Werner and Lukaku a chance to to improve their confidence in, in terms of getting goals. So whilst I was surprised, it, it, it did make sense when, when you saw the game play out the way it did. And um, I don't think you can fault him. If if one of those players, mind you, had got an injury, then uh, inevitably you would, would be criticised for that.
2: Yeah, and we know how much he likes the five subs thing, don't we? And that yeah. allows you, you to, to start with a strong team and then make the changes, which he did with bringing Lukaku and Kovacic off at half-time. Uh, let's talk Lewis Hall then, Liam. As you mentioned, the subject of your post-match piece for The Athletic, athletic.com slash Chelsea Pod, the place to go to sign up to read it if you aren't currently a subscriber He's kind of come from nowhere, hasn't he? Because he wasn't even really an under-23 player at the start of this season. But he's been brilliant for the development squad in that left-sided role. I think he'd probably end up as a central midfielder. But the fact that that's where Chelsea have got the biggest injury concern means that this was the opportunity that was afforded to it.
3: Yeah, the point was made by um, the excellent Chelsea youth on Twitter and subsequently to Hall himself after the game. Um, that this is the fifth level that he's played at this season. It's been an incredible rise. He only signed um, his his scholar terms, you know, last summer. Um, turned seventeen in September, so he's he's just so so young, younger among the youngest of this group that has been training with the Chelsea first team since just before Christmas. And while it hasn't come entirely out of nowhere, you know, he was on the bench. Um, against Brentford in the Carabao Cup, the game that Jude Sintip-Bell, Harvey Vale and Xavier Simons all started. Um, And he's he's been on the bench against Liverpool and Spurs. So not entirely out of the blue that he might get minutes in this, but to start, and in particular, to start in a position that I am assured he has never played at any level of Chelsea's academy. Um, He's he's never played at at left centre-back. And it wasn't really a position that people... Envisioned for him. He's not the tallest. He's a strong boy. I think you saw that on the pitch that he he was physically ready for the challenge, but um, he's a left sided number eight by trade with a good passing range. But I think the fact that he's played so well as a left back slash left wing back for the development team this season. Um, really put him in in Thomas Tuchel's mind as a potential option for for left sided defensive cover, and the more positions you can play well, the more you maximise your chances of of circumstances falling your way in terms of you know an opportunity in one of these cup games. And Tuchel was adamant he deserved his opportunity in terms of what he'd done in training, and and he he lived up to it on the pitch. I thought he really grew in stature. The first couple of little deft touches that he did to escape pressure, he got a massive roar from the Matthew Harding stand behind him. Um, And and you saw him really gaining confidence after that and ended up playing a part in in three goals and and getting a direct assist for for Lukaku. So really a, a dream debut for him.
2: Yeah, you have to go a long way to find somebody who's a big fan of the EFL trophy, but maybe the fact that he played in that against Exeter and, and Forest Green two League Two sides earlier this season probably helped him out a little bit as well. Uh so Hall was good. Who else stood out for you, Simon?
4: Um who else stood out for me? I'm trying to think. Uh Marcus Bettinelli. I thought he had a wonderful <laughs> game uh on, on debut. Um <laughs> Yeah, will will we see him again? That's the question now. But I I was quite happy for him that he that he did the business. I mean Hudson Adoy, his goal stood out for me. Um, that was a tremendous finish, and 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 one he needed, albeit against Chesterfield. Um, but yeah, given he's he's coming for a bit of stick lately. Um, Saul, I thought, had another sort of tidy performance in midfield. Um I wrote about him last week, of course. Uh encouraging. But all, all in all it was it was it was hard to get too carried away by anyone's individual performance apart from Lewis because um because of the, the opposition, you know, and, and and it was so comfortable. Um, Chelsea sort of just ran away with it really. I'm just pleased that Lukaku and Werner as I said already, got on the score sheet because it there's much bigger tests to come and, and Chelsea will need them at their very best to, to, to win them.
2: Liam, I'm a bit worried about Christian Pulisic. Simon pointed out last week that maybe he's still got in his mind that, that devastating hamstring injury he got in the cup final a couple of years ago. But, but again, here, kind of anonymous performance from him and, and starting to wonder if, he, if he's ever going to kind of fit that number 10 shirt in the way that some of his predecessors have.
3: Yeah, it's hard. He's never, he, he, he hasn't really hit the heights under Thomas Tuchel, has he? Um, I think being shifted around position hasn't helped. Obviously, the injuries have continued to disrupt his, his rhythm. But when he is getting a run of of good health and a, a run of minutes, even if they are coming in slightly different roles, he has to do better than he has been. Um, and, I, you know, Simon mentioned, I think against, against Liverpool, his his race with Canate um, and the way he lost that, you know, that slightly worried me um, because, it, you know, it's really hard to tell from the outside. I'm sure Chelsea have, have more conclusive data about, you know, whether Six still has the same level of explosion as he did pre-hamstring injury. But the eye test is slightly worrying on that front for, for a player who's depended so much on on kind of explosion to, to be a real difference maker in the Premier League and I I hope he does um, you know get to showing that consistently it it might simply be a mental thing you know if you if you've had a serious hamstring injury you might be a bit worried to to really stretch out those legs and and go 100 percent but he he has to go 100 percent because that's the level of competition he's got for those forward roles so yeah he didn't particularly catch the eye against Chesterfield it's kind of a it's not there. wasn't really much of a win for any of Chelsea's forwards. I mean, Lukaku scored a goal and spent all of his time on the pitch getting trolled by the Chesterfield fans for every time he miscontrolled the ball or missed a chance. If you score in a game like that, it's expected. If you don't, it's remarked upon. Um, so, in that in that sense, you know, it's it's probably not the easiest one for, for Pulisic to really catch the eye in, but he he does need to to up his game certainly.
2: Last player I want to talk about before we move on from this game, Simon, is, is Lewis Baker. came on for his second Chelsea appearance eight years after his first. Uh, has he wasted his career or, or actually has he had a lovely old time? Because you look at the loans that he's had. He's got to live in the Netherlands, in Germany, in Turkey, playing top-level football in all those countries. Been paid well to do so. You know, Chelsea paying wages that, that he wouldn't have got if he joined any of those clubs
4: permanently. Glass half full or glass half empty when it comes to Baker? I think I think it depends who you are. If if you're an ordinary Joe like us lot, it's it's a lovely life, isn't it? But when when you've had the talent that that he has and all the expectation that went around it, um, Ollie Kay um, actually wrote a, a great piece about Lewis, uh, which came out over Christmas, and and I ju- I just think it, it's quite a sad story, really. Um, that he's kind of one of these, one of these players that Chelsea have had over the years—the perennial loanee—that's um, been around at the club too long. Um, he's now 26; he's still got time, of course, to to sort of make something of his career. But it's clearly not at Chelsea. He needs to a move—a permanent move. He has to take some responsibility for how these loans have have, have panned out. I mean, he was so. Um Vitesse Arnhem were were pretty impressed with him if if memory recalls. But since then he's not really made an impact wherever he's been. Um so yeah, I, I just it was nice for him to come on, but it, it I, I don't think we'll maybe Plymouth he he might get another outing, but it's it's very hard to see him wearing a Chelsea shirt on too many other occasions and um yeah, it's it's just whether he can impress someone enough to give him a, a proper go somewhere else. But he's going to have to take a real reality check and accept that it won't be anywhere near the level that Chelsea right is. He's going to have to drop a division, I'd say, at the very least.
2: Yeah, out of contract at the end of uh, this season. Maybe he'll look to his, his old mate in the under-23 team, John Swift, and see how well he's done at Reading and think that that will be the kind of level that he will eventually settle at. We shall see.
3: Yeah, and just finally on... on- the Chesterfield game, I mean, credit to Chelsea for, for what they did at Cobham on Saturday. It was 235 players and 30 coaches um, <laughs> from from Chesterfield's academy, all, from all age groups, from un, under eight onwards, um, came to Chelsea's training ground to play a load of games and have joint sessions and just a, a big sort of learning exercise throughout the day. Uh, a pretty remarkable thing to do during the pandemic as well, given how restricted access has been to training grounds generally. Uh, and it just was a really, really, you know, hashtag nice touch from Chelsea. I thought it was it was actually, yeah, a genuinely substantive nice thing to do. And and everyone at Chesterfield seemed to really appreciate it. And hopefully the the, the kids and coaches that were involved got a lot out of it.
2: Uh, Well, another typically tricky draw for the Blues in round four. Oh, no, it's Plymouth at home. Uh, (laughs) That one will take place next month. Next today, though, we'll turn our attention to the other domestic. This episode is supported by FX's Welcome to Wrexham.
4: Celebrity owners Rob McElhenney and Ryan Reynolds' small-town Welsh football club has finally been promoted into League Two after 15 seasons in the
0: National League. Dedicated staff and supporters celebrate the city's return to glory while bracing
4: for the newfound challenges that come with being in a higher league. Will Wrexham AFC stand up to the challenge and rise again into League One? FX's Welcome to Wrexham premieres May
3: 2nd on
0: FX, stream on Hulu. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more.
2: Tottenham Hotspur versus Chelsea, the second leg of the Carabao Cup semi-final goes down in North London on Wednesday night. The Blues 2-0 up from last week's first leg at the bridge. Before we look at the Chelsea side of things, let's get a view from the opposition camp. Here's what they had to say over on View from the Lane, the Spurs pod from The Athletic. It's just felt like the, the kind of wind this has totally been knocked out of the club's sails really quickly. Yeah, And I, I know a lot of those shortcomings were kind of, you know, we, we were kind of papering over the cracks slightly with wins over Brentford and Norwich and whoever else. But against Liverpool and West Ham, two decent teams, like, they played well and got positive results and it kind of felt like that was quite a big step. But yeah, since then, it's just been so, so sluggish. I, I really, I mean, I, you know, I, I don't want to kind of hammer Conte, but I was quite surprised that
1: Hang on, with, I'm just with, trying to with... don't don't want to hammer Conte. <laughs> yeah, I'll be using remember. that against you yeah, in a future yeah, yeah. day, I promise you. With, without without die, though, I was just really surprised that
2: you know, that there's no natural passer in that defensive three as they started. And then to not play Winx in that situation to me seemed crazy.
1: Charlie, Charlie, let me let me say that your view in, in this as a, as a neutral is very, very valuable. But I'm just gonna double down a little bit, if I may, <laughs> on what James had to say there. I was fearing this game anyway, Spurs' record at Chelsea. I think that's one win in 36 attempts um, at Stamford Bridge. And I was fearing this game because Chelsea are the champions of Europe and Spurs are still some considerable way off of them. Let's take those two things for granted. When I saw the team, I knew Spurs were going to be terrible. And I knew exactly, and I'm not pretending after the event, that team, that team, Antonio, was ridiculous. And here's why it was ridiculous. If you don't have any footballing centre-halves, you can't play three at the back. It's as simple as that. You cannot play Doherty, a player who knows that you don't rate him, whose teammates know that you don't rate him, out of position against a really good team. Then you play two defensive midfielders, meaning that you've now got seven of your 10 outfield players are defensive, out of position, or no good at the moment, or no good permanently how do you expect to get the ball to the front three if you don't have the players to play that system of yours to which you appear to be either the inventor or have shares in if you don't have the players to play it don't play it and whatever happened to eric dyer means you have to play four at the back with davis at left back someone who's comfortable in that position then you could have played winks and the the uh, tweedley and tweedledum in centre midfield and given Chelsea at least a proper game. You've got youth team players. Put one of them on the bench in case he has an inspired moment as one of the five substitutes. It was a ridiculous selection. Charlie, what did you make of the game?
2: (laughs) (laughs) uh, uh, Chelsea-wise then, gents. Simon, you expecting a lot of changes to the team that started against Chesterfield from the one which will start uh, in North London on Wednesday?
4: Yeah, I think it it will look... um... Although not as many as I expected, <laughs> but I think it will look a lot more like the uh, the, the team that played Tottenham first time around, um, and th- this will be a test, more of a test than it should be. Really, should have been. Um, having forgotten to leave a voice note uh, as I messaged Lucy last week, I was so I was so enraged by all those missed opportunities, and also the fact that. I was communicating with the desk at the time over we a late change of idea because um, I went into it with a sort of Romelu Lukaku watch on. You know, given this was uh, this was his first game after the the dra- all the drama, and then uh, then uh, we sort of went, oh, it's, it's a you know, it's a bit kind of everyone's going to be doing that. So let's let, let's chat about Seoul. But um, but yeah, this this game is. It's all about the opening half an hour for me um, and, and, and the old cliche of who gets the first goal. If Chelsea get it, it's it should be tie over, even though away goals don't count. Um, but if Tottenham get it, it will completely change their self-belief. I mean, they were so poor. I can't believe that Tottenham will be as poor as that again. Um, although they weren't exactly great against Morecambe, but at least they came back and, and won that game. Um, so, yeah, I, I think... Uh, Lukaku will start and this is the kind of game where if he wants to silence those fans that are so still upset with him about what he said then this would be a perfect opportunity for him to to repay them with the and live up to the words that he said in that interview that he gave that uh, very contritional politician-esque apology that he gave.
2: Liam, as the game gets closer, I get more and more worried about it and and think that maybe Spurs could turn it around. But then we hear Sons not playing. And as Simon mentioned, they struggled to get past Morecambe on Sunday in the FA Cup. They are rubbish, aren't they? They, They've got an excellent manager, but they are basically just not very good.
3: Well, I mean, it does feel like Chelsea are catching them at quite a good moment. Maybe not the absolute Nuno Nadir, but not much (laughs) above that you know conte has has had an impact to to an extent but he's also very publicly talking down this squad perhaps quite pointedly trying to send not very coded messages to daniel levy um he's jetting off to meet joe lewis and, in search of a transfer war chest um so yeah con con chelsea are familiar with you know these those kind of tactics from conte they're more familiar than most, but on the pitch, I don't think that's going to have a huge positive effect on the Tottenham, on, on the players that are currently at Tottenham. And they're already in a hole from the first leg. I, You know, I remember saying at the time, I was really surprised at just how uncompetitive that game was. And if Chelsea bring the same level of intensity, the same sort of cohesion in their pressing... Um, Tottenham are going to find it very very difficult again particularly without someone like Son who's just so great um, at you know, hitting on the counter-attack and he's had big games against Chelsea in the past so has Dele Alli but he's a long way removed from the player he was when, when he was really tormenting Chelsea in these games so there's a lot resting on Harry Kane and beyond him there doesn't seem to be a ton for Chelsea to worry about
4: I'm going to bring a personal anecdote into the into the pod
3: gather around the campfire everyone
4: <laughs> right the reason why i'm worried okay for chelsea fans okay so it's the 20 year anniversary right of the chelsea spurs league cup semi final okay it's slightly different it was 2-1 in the first leg at Stamford bridge and then tottenham won 5-1 <clears throat> at the lane now the reason why i'm concerned is cuz i'm going to the second leg just as I did 20 years ago now that wasn't my plan I used to work for an agency the the manager of which was a Spurs fan and I told him that I'd never seen Tottenham Chelsea ever at at the away game um or covered an away game there and he went oh I want to get you there and I was like "No, no you know it's like a kind of a jinx kind of thing I was like no 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 you know we haven't we had no work there was no reason for us to go and then bizarrely about two or three hours before kickoff the phone went and it was Sky Sports News it's really random and they had no one bizarrely to do the post-match interviews so we 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 did stuff for Sky so they rang us up and and my boss instantly pointed at me went right you're going um, so I had to sit there and and watch Tottenham win for the first time at White Hart Lane for nine, no, 15 years, 15 years, yeah, since 87, do my maths. And then, then, I got, then I had to go and do the post-match interviews with uh, Claudio Ranieri, uh, who I basically just went, what on earth was that, was the gist of my question. Space for Leonardson. It's Ribéry. Rep-
3: Broken. The curse has been lifted. Tottenham have beaten Chelsea extravagantly, on their way to the final.
4: And then uh, Glenn Hoddle and Gus Poyett from the um, the Tottenham. And of course, if you if Chelsea fans uh, have never forgiven Poyett for this, it was he actually scored and then pointed at the the Tottenham badge. But um, this is my long rambling way of saying I'm going again on Wednesday, and it feels like it's all set up. Uh, for history to repeat itself. But um, I, I won't be doing the post-match interviews for Sky, I hasten to add.
3: Why is there not like a 10,000-word athletic piece about this on site uh, <laughs> this week?
4: Well, I, I mentioned it to uh, to our editor this morning and there is a piece coming out, apparently. And I went, well, why aren't I in it? I <laughs> could have given you a great anecdote, but no. Um, but in all seriousness, I'm sure... My presence will have nothing to do with what occurs. But you can talk about that on Thursday when Chelsea's being pummeled 5-1 again. Yeah, and if that does happen, the pod will obviously be called Blame Simon
2: um, on Thursday. (laughs) That should be be the title of the pod every week. (laughs) Whatever happens, we will react to it in our Thursday show.
0: Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based, live, customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game-changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events?
2: Elsewhere in Chelsea news, Edward Mendes tested positive for COVID ahead of Senegal's first game at the African Cup of Nations against Zimbabwe on Monday, or today as we record. An outbreak amongst the squad leaves Senegal with just 17 available players. Uh, the women's team's game against Spurs was postponed because of COVID. Their next schedule to be in action on Sunday the 16th, when they will hopefully be away to Everton, but they had reason to cheer anyway after Arsenal suffered a shock defeat against Birmingham on Sunday, meaning the Blues are four points behind the table-topping Gunners with a game in hand, feels pretty significant that Lynn, because Arsenal are in horrible form and and Chelsea, by the time that the game next weekend takes place, won't have played since the 16th of December, that horrible thumping against Wolfsburg, which saw them eliminated from the Champions League, which followed defeat to Reading. So that's given Emma Hayes a a good long period to kind of reset things mentally and and probably physically as well after a, a demanding first half of the campaign.
3: Yeah, I suppose the only concern is when does rest become rust? Um, you know, I, th- I think it, at the very least she'll have plenty of time to do, you know, tactical preparation and make sure Chelsea are ready to hit the ground running. But that Arsenal result alone should give them all the motivation they need to to really try and hammer home this advantage. Now they've they've got a real opportunity to take control of the top of the WSL, um, and yeah, it, I mean, recent history would suggest they're quite good in these moments. at at maximising any advantages they they get and any mistakes their rivals make. So we'll see how they do it this time. Yeah, and they haven't
2: got European football to contend with in the second half of the season uh, like Arsenal do. Uh, elsewhere, good weekend for Andy Myers under-23 side. They romp to their biggest win of the season, a 5-0 drubbing of Leicester at Cobham. Uh, Jude Sunset-Bell I'm sure was disappointed not to have been involved with the first team but he was brilliant in that game. He was up against James Justin. He was working his way back uh, for Leicester and Sunset-Bell won that battle handily. Uh, Many of that under-23 group will be involved when the Blues face their counterparts from Arsenal in the EFL Trophy round of 16 on Tuesday. No game for the under-18s this weekend but they are due to play Watford in the fourth round of the Youth Cup on Thursday night. And that'll just about wrap things up for today. Before we go, though, let's see what the chaps have been working on for Athletic subscribers to enjoy. Uh, Simon, you've been profiling Kepa, ready for his prolonged standing shift.
4: Yeah, here he comes to, to justify that transfer fee uh, and take Mendy's position. And and then it's all going to be lovely jubbly. Uh Let's hope so. In terms of uh, just you know having a good time of it, anyway. Um, yeah, I did. I, I've written a big profile piece um, talking to a few people about what what I've obviously we've all noticed is sort of just seems to be an improved frame of mind, let alone an improved performances because it, he just seems like a different character. I, I particularly liked um, the sort of why he's so good at penalties um, because he is remarkable. He may be needed on Wednesday. That that skill, of course, that's how to- Chelsea beat Tottenham a couple of years ago at the same stage. Um, and it, it, uh, I spoke to Marcus Bettinelli about it, and and he said um, he said the mad thing about Kepa one one that he just loves it in training. He's he's always saying, "I want to oh, let's practice penalties." And he, he almost sounds like an irritant, like people are like, "Oh, not again!" You know, leave it, leave <laughs> it.
3: He's definitely an irritant during shootouts. <laughs> yeah,
4: yeah, Just oh, sorry, <laughs> but um, but um, but no. But also, the the Bertraney sort of saying how uh, how he's uh, he, he's convinced that he will win the battle. Like a lot of goalkeepers, sort of going with that. Uh, oh, you know, the odds are against me. But Kepper has the complete opposite way of thinking, um, which I found fascinating. But yeah, just obviously, sort of talking in depth about sort of how how he's bounced back, uh, what's made him bounce back. um, his different frame of mind. Settling on and off the pitch a lot more. But he, this is a really important period for him, regardless of how it works out at Chelsea. I can't see, as, as I discuss in the piece, where he can go in the summer if he wants to leave. Um, yes, Sarri is, is interested. It's been talked about a lot and that there is something in that. But I just don't know how Lazio can possibly... Do that deal, or do any kind of even a loan deal is difficult because of the the, the wages he's on. But yeah, I'm, I I just hope that he continues his his momentum just just for his sort of state of mind, if nothing else, because he did go through a really horrible 2020.
2: Yeah, and he uh, is contracted to Chelsea till 2025, isn't he? Very very yeah. popular figure around the club and in the dressing room. So interesting to see. What happens with him? Um Liam, we've mentioned your piece on Lewis Hall. Are you are you on transfer watch and, and while we're talking that, are we expecting any business to be done for the rest of this month, Chelsea wise?
3: Well, they're looking at left wing backs, aren't they? Um Emerson is the I think the you know the first port of call at this point. Um so we're we're keeping an eye on what's going on there. But I think that's that's the area of the pitch we're looking most closely at. Maybe the right side of defence as well. Um, But there's not a lot of noise really about anything else at this point. In terms of writing, oh yeah, writing. I did used to do that. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm working on a few different things, just trying to get wheels in motion on a few different ideas. But one thing that should be going up later this week ahead of the Man City game is just looking at whether Chelsea need to change um, system uh, now, now in light of their injuries. And aside from, anything that may or may not happen in the transfer market this month. Um, you know, we, we know that you can beat Chesterfield with uh, Callum Hudson-Odoi and Hakim Ziyech at wing back, but that might not work against top-level opposition. So given how good they looked against Spurs in a kind of hybrid back four, um, I'm going to take a closer look at what that could do for Chelsea, particularly going forward.
2: Athletic.com slash ChelseaPod, the place to go to sign up to read Liam and Simon's work. Speaking of strong opposition, the Blues are away to Manchester City next weekend. We'll look ahead to that on our Thursday show when we'll also react to the second leg of that Carabao Cup semi-final against Tottenham. Until then, many thanks to Simon, to Liam and to producer Lucy and to you listener for joining us too. We'll speak to you later in the week. From all of us here though, it's bye for now.
4: The Athletic